1: Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of
0: medical bills contain errors.
1: 995 Gold. That's 833 995 Gold. 833 995 G O L D.
2: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
0: Welcome, everybody. Wednesday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show kicks off right now. Appreciate you rolling with us. Um, We have a very stacked show today. No surprise. It's going to be getting very busy. Day in and day out as we enter this presidential election uh, cycle. Also, uh, some interesting polling out that we can get to in a moment. 18%, this is from Gallup, 18% of Americans are satisfied with the state of the nation. Now, you might say, well, are people always a little curmudgeonly and salty about the state of the nation? Well, it's usually about 35% of people are satisfied. So that's a substantial drop hmm, you mean Joe Biden and the lunatic communists around him are doing things that make people less prosperous, safe, happy, and sane? Yes, we tell you about this. We can come back to it, though, in a second. Obviously, the uh, House about to uh, vote on the debt limit bill. I don't, has that happened just quite yet? I think it's, it's going to be happening shortly here, so we'll check the latest on that. Um, Ron DeSantis kicked off his campaign with a stop in Iowa, the Trump DeSantis throwdown is uh, getting, shall we say, more heated, more interesting. Uh, Donald Trump also, those of you who are very online, as in spend time on Twitter, uh, probably saw, and some of you might have even seen it on Facebook or other places, uh, Trump had some comments about his former press secretary, uh, Kaylee McEnany, who's a friend of mine, a friend of Clay's. Um, we will, uh, discuss what, uh, the former president's truth social post was all about. That'll be coming up. Uh, there's some interest, a lot of interesting stuff, even I think interesting stuff going on in the sports world right now, uh, with the Dodgers and now a Toronto Blue Jays player making the requisite. I'm sorry. I offended the wokeness hostage video. Uh, Clay will lay some of that out for uh, some of that. Out for us. We've got a, a political development that I want to dive into here in a second, but first, Clay. I don't know how many of you remember the movie Road Trip, but there's a whole scene with what was that comedian's name? On um, where he says, uh, is, was it was it Tom Green? Is that right, Tom Green? And he he says he's going to unleash the fury. <laughs> Clay just got a Clay just put out a tweet, and I was like, Clay, are you unleashing the fury with a tweet about something happening? at espn what happened clay what's going on and we can we want to return to this in a little a little later
1: yeah next hour i'm gonna dive into this in a big way but tomorrow is pride month and you all know that (laughs) i mean it is the gayest day of the year and that's not meant as an insult june 1st is the gayest day of the year where everybody is bedecked in pride flags and uh and it is impossible to mistake, mistake uh the entire month many people have pointed out that we get one day to celebrate those who have died serving our country we get a full month to celebrate gay people uh it, that obviously always happens with memorial day coming in close consult with june 1st so uh esp so there's evident i had to do research on this buck and i don't know if you are aware of this traditionally the pride flag is just a rainbow, right? Yes. Uh, because the rainbow, in theory, would represent all colors. They have now modified the rainbow because the rainbow was not inclusive enough, and they now have like some sort of uh, like arrow that it's is a, a, trans it's a trans flag, trans flag,
0: what they consider yeah. to be the trans flag. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I I study leftism constantly i know they've changed this one but isn't it fascinating because isn't the whole point of the rainbow that it is all the colors literally everything the
1: whole whole point is that it's supposed to be everything yeah there literally could not be anyone not incorporated in the rainbow flag which was the entire purpose of the rainbow which now has been taken over by gay people uh i I don't this this happened in conversation recently one of my kids said uh you know Every time I see an actual rainbow, I think now about the gay pride flag because the gay community has so taken over the rainbow.
0: You haven't, though, unleashed the fury, so to speak, on Twitter by breaking some news and then seeing all the reaction to it. What's going on?
1: So this year, ESPN is not just raising the gay flag. I am told this is the first year that they will be raising the transgender gay flag. Now, some of you out there may say, okay, what's the significance here? ESPN right now is foremost in advocating for men who identify as women to be able to participate in women's athletics. And in fact, ESPN ran, and I believe we played it on this show, an advertisement buck calling Leah Thomas one of the women's sports heroes of the year this is a dude who was around the 400th best college men's swimmer who became the best women's swimmer in, I believe, the 500-meter, if I remember correctly, set the NCAA championship uh, this past yeah. March. So they have had a few brave people who have spoken out. Sam Ponder, who some of you may know, Sage Steele, uh, two women have come out and said, this is ridiculous, I'm not going to allow this to happen anymore without speaking out on it. So this feels, Buck, like a direct shot back at those women. Sam Ponder was called a bigot by USA Today for advocating for women's sports to only be a part of women. So they are now having a public flag raising of the transgender flag over the Bristol, Connecticut campus of ESPN as many of their female employees who are speaking out are being called bigots and transphobes. And so this feels like a direct corporate shot at those employees who are speaking out on behalf of women's athletics. It, it
0: strikes me, Clay, that it is entirely now, because of a Supreme Court decision some years ago, legal to burn the American flag as a form of speech. But I have seen numerous stories recently of people not even necessarily damaging a flag, but let's say, wasn't there someone who... I think left tire skid marks on a pride mural or something. Yes. In the street. And that's a hate crime. But burning a, so if you burn a pride flag, if you own the flag, that is criminal. But if you burn an American flag, that is protected speech. Do I have that right? Cause that's
1: the way it seems. I, I think it has not gone to the Supreme Court. And so there are states that are prosecuting to but your. So, so your I'm correct. saying right
0: now there are yes. places where you could. So you can be prosecuted for burning. A, I just want everyone to be clear on this because there are cases people are prosecuted for burning a pride flag. You will not be prosecuted for burning an American flag. In fact, the left will tell you that's the highest form of patriotism.
1: Yeah, and, and I think, and our staff can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe, and this sounds like a, a made up hypothetical story that would be in a law school exam. I believe a homeless man, they are now called unhoused people. Yes, I know. They've
0: changed the term again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Homeless man used a gay pride flag to wipe his bottom um, and was charged with a crime in New York City for doing so. That's right. Hate crime. Yeah. Um, And so uh, I I suspect, Buck, this will go all the way to the Supreme Court. And I am such a free speech absolutist. And I understand some of you are going to disagree with this. I actually think you should be able to burn the American flag. I disagree with it. I don't support it in any way. I want to be clear. But then should you
0: be able to burn a pride flag?
1: 100%. That's what I'm saying. I think this would go all the way to the Supreme Court because it is a form of political commentary Whether you agree with it or not, the logic and consistency there would require that these statutes which seek to punish people for doing so are unconstitutional. This is why
0: hate crime laws are a slippery slope. There are crimes, right? There are crimes that people should be punished for. The notion that there are things where you could be punished for action that is otherwise entirely legal because it offends certain people. No, I I disagree with that. There are cases even in... uh, I remember, uh, actually, I actually did my uh, college thesis 20 years ago now on uh, campus speech codes and the various ways. Now, I know this is private institutions, but they would find ways to punish, um and they would use criminal law as the basis for it, to punish people for doing things that would be entirely protected under all circumstances, except the wrong feelings are hurt, and then all of a sudden there has to be action. So I think that's an interesting side component of this debate. We've kind of gotten deeper into this now than we had anticipated so we'll have to hold some of the political discussion about the uh, the primary for for a few minutes um but clay can you tell me about this uh this do we i think we have it right the blue here we go blue jays pitcher anthony bass apologized for a posting a video endorsing boycotts of places like target and bud light play five
2: i recognized yesterday uh, i made a post that was hurtful to the Pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine, and I am truly sorry for that. Um, I just spoke with my teammates to, and shared with them my actions yesterday, and I apologized with them. And as of right now I'm using the Blue Jays resources to better educate myself.
3: Oh
0: god. Yeah, I, I can't I can't. <laughs> Honestly, I can't. I'm using the resources. Well, it's just I'm 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 excited to go into the re education camp where my transgressions will result in struggle sessions. Give me a break, Clay. Like, I mean this is this is why we actually need, you know, you, you need to take action. You need to speak out because otherwise this happens to everybody.
1: Well, and, and by the way, the groveling doesn't work because a Toronto newspaper columnist has already demanded that this guy be fired. Of course. Right? Because even when you throw yourself prostrate on the, uh, apology uh, Olympics here, the, to, to yeah. try to apologize for things that you actually believe that managed in some way to upset someone, it isn't actually It isn't actually possible to do so.
0: In Solzhenitsyn's Gulag Archipelago, there's a really haunting, there are some haunting passages really where he gets into your initial arrest on your way to being sent to the Gulag and the apparatus functionaries who would be there, you know, interrogating you, torturing you, and everything else. They knew you were innocent, but they wanted you to give a confession just because then that made the process of completely destroying you even easier and they would get more and more frustrated the longer you held out on that confession but the point is confessing did nothing for you like they would say just confess and we'll make it stop just confess no when you confess then they send you to the gulag for 10 or 20 years and your you know the chance of survival is very very slim that's the way it is to to bend the knee to the woke mob it's not like your confession results in some uh, better treatment for you your confession merely becomes admission of you being a bad person that needs to be punished further. So there's never any point in it. And that's why this guy, I feel look, he's a pitcher. Is he a very good pitcher? I have no idea. Is he a good player? I, I don't know. You know
1: what, Buck? I, I this is one of those things where I know a lot about the Atlanta Braves, my chosen uh. favorite team. I know baseball huh clay the baseball fans you put me on blast here for being inadequately knowledgeable about the toronto blue jays roster uh many of you out there yeah. may be toronto okay. blue jay roster experts i am not
0: for, for the baseball fans in the audience trust me if this guy was a second string tight end playing in the sec 20 years ago clay would te- <laughs> clay would tell you what his class schedule was but okay Probably blue true. jays yes yeah so anyway, but this guy apologizes and what does he get for it? Nothing. But it's, it's fascinating. This is now when people are starting to say, maybe we should step up. Remember, this is for Bud Light. He, he yeah. shared, I think he shared or liked a video. It wasn't even him talking about endorse. I mean, uh, boycotting Bud Light and boycotting Target, but because he liked that action, which remember in the Target situation, it's for making bathing suits that hide men's penises
3: yes. that are supposed to be yes. women's
0: bathing suits. Okay.
1: That's really what, what apologizing we're apologizing for. I right, mean, what's what the thing? Like, what have you done that's so transgressive? So, uh, the, the I just
0: it's the groveling. I hate when they make people do this. I hate when they make people do this. But it's it's, a, it's not about him. I would just know. Has Clay.
1: anyone ever groveled for a left wing opinion?
0: Um, uh, trying to think. I mean. There have pro, I mean, I'm sure we could find some people who didn't say the right thing and the left came after them.
1: No, no. I but. mean, for having too far left wing of an opinion, not like no. I misspoke and like said something and people were mad at me. I mean, like you said the most outlandish far left wing thing imaginable. I can't recall anyone ever being required to apologize for that. No, I, I, I can't
0: either. I think they always leave space for that, but there's also maybe a lesson here, which is that. Our side gets distracted fighting with each other or trying to placate the other side. Their side has an amazing and consistent focus on destroying the country. So there's something to be learned.
1: Something <laughs> to be learned never from never apologize, period. Not if you sometimes misspeak. We might say something stupid on this show. Trust us. Uh, I'm sure you probably think we do it all the time. But apology for misspeaking is different than apologizing for what you actually believe in. You should never do the latter.
0: We have an announcement about somebody, not like we're, not. just to be clear, we're not announcing it, but there is an announcement out there about somebody else who is entering the uh, presidential contest here on, on the uh, Republican side. Uh, we shall discuss that and a whole lot more here coming up in a second. You know, online data breaches happen so often these days, they don't get reported very much. Yesterday, we told you about a medical services company that suffered a data breach which potentially compromised millions of Americans. The actual breach happened two and a half months ago, but we didn't hear anything about it. Cyber hackers got names, social security numbers, birthday, medical information, all kinds of stuff. And if exploited, those cyber criminals can use that easily to commit identity theft against people like you. And that's the point. You're not going to know when these online criminals act upon this, pretending to be you online. So you have to protect yourself. And the best protection comes from LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock has an online system that detects problems and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work with you to fix it. That service alone will protect your time in terms of having to spend countless hours sorting it out. I've worked with a LifeLock restoration specialist before. Let me tell you, you really want them to have your back. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now, save 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to lifelock.com and use promo code BUCK. That's promo code B-U-C-K for 25% off.
2: Truth-seeking. Reality-telling. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show.
0: GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. Your orders make a meaningful impact. You can become a member in seconds. Signing up is fast and free.
1: See if you qualify. Visit govx.com. That's G O V X.com. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX. That's GovX, code CLAY, G O V X, C L A Y
0: Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals.
1: Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D.
0: Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind... Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden.
1: For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel the to Towers builds mortgage free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's homeless veteran program, Tunnel the to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than thirty three hundred were helped last year alone because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war deserve our nation's gratitude
0: people who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever join tunnel the towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes donate 11 dollars a month at t2t.org that's t the number two t.org
1: welcome back in clay travis buck sexton show appreciate all of you hanging out with us we've talked about chris christie entering the race buck uh, as we start off hour number two here, headline in the Messenger, which is a new media startup, former Vice President Mike Pence to launch campaign for White House within two weeks. Uh, Pence, this is a headline. Pence, who is polling in single digits, believes he has a lane with evangelicals in the GOP primary. Buck, this I, this is fascinating to me for a couple of reasons. One. Donald Trump has not accused Mike Pence of disloyalty for running for president against him. Now, this is interesting to me because there aren't very many precedents in all of American politics when a vice president has competed against a president for the nomination of a political party. Obviously, we don't get a lot of opportunities for situations like this to arise. To me, is evidence... That Donald Trump does not see Mike Pence as a threat, hence, he hasn't branded his former vice president as disloyal for running against him. Second part of this, uh, with this news coming out, Trump went after Kaylee McEnany really aggressively last night. Kaylee was sitting in, I believe, for Laura Ingram on Fox News. And Many of you will remember and recall Kaylee was among the most steadfast Trump defenders on the planet as Trump's White House press secretary. Buck, is it fair to say in terms of public employees that Kaylee would have to be one of the 10 most loyal Trump uh Trump White House members in terms of having again public jobs where you would go out and argue on behalf of the Trump administration.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely, and and she, unlike many of the people, particularly in the uh, in the calm side uh, of the White House and the uh, strategic communication side, uh, is has remained loyal to both Trump personally and to the policies uh, that he pursued as president without fail, including in the. Weeks after the 2020 election and uh, after January 6th, too, it, she could have very easily tried to do what some others have done, which is turn their back on Trump and try to leverage those moments for gain in the media. She didn't do that. Uh, you and I both know, Kelly, we are not unbiased in this uh, conversation insofar as uh, we both think highly of Kelly. So, yeah. We think highly of Trump in some ways, but some days, lately, I'm getting a little frustrated. And I'm I'm trying to just be fair about all of this, because I want this, Clay, for everyone to feel like, you know, throughout the primary, this is their family dinner table. People are going to disagree. People are going to call in. They're going to email us. They're going to like some things that we're sharing on the air. They're going to disagree with some assessments and analysis. That's fine. It's a primary. That's going to happen. But there are things that also can happen. You go, well, hold on a second. What's what's that all about? Come on, you know, like knock it off. Have you? Do you want to tell everybody what the what the uh, the truth social?
1: I, I, yeah, I, and I I'm it. pulling it up right now to make sure. So for and I understand a lot of people out there are not in sort of the social media ecosystem. You're not looking at what Trump says or what somebody else says back and forth on a day to day basis. Uh, but here is what he said uh, Tuesday last night. He said, Kaylee Milk Toast McEnany, and by the way, Milk Toast is not spelled milk and toast, or, or <laughs> which is how Trump spelled it, just gave out the wrong poll numbers on Fox News. I am 34 points up on De Sanctimonious, not 25. While 25 is great, it's not 34. She knew the number was corrected upwards by the group that did the poll. The rhinos and globalist can have her. Fox News should only use all caps, real stars. Uh, okay. So now the poll that Kaylee cited is a real poll. So, uh, you and I have seen the and, poll that she cited and, and she wasn't taking a,
0: an analytic position. On right. the, she wasn't saying this poll shows that Trump, she was just saying, look, there's a poll out that says, uh, look, I mean, you know, people can say whatever they want. They can justify it a million ways. It's an unnecessary cheap shot and it was a bad look. Bad look. It's just, it's just not something that the, there's so much to fight against on the other side. There's so much to point out of the failures of the Biden regime. There's so much to talk about for what Trump would want to do in the future. You're going to take a cheap shot at Kaleo over nothing. It, yeah, did, it'd be one thing if she started. And anyone who tells me in the in the Twitter comments, whatever, oh she, she did not. She read a poll, and the poll was very favorable for Trump.
1: 25 versus 34, it's a big lead either direction. And the poll she cited was accurate. And here's the thing. If you are going, and it ties into me with the, the Pence argument and also the Ron DeSantis argument. If you are going to argue that Ron DeSantis is being disloyal to you by running for President of the United States. How in the world can anyone out there with a functional brain not say, you just attacked your press secretary who defended you more zealously than almost anyone on the planet for, first of all, accurately reporting on a poll that showed that you were up 25 points Loyalty is a one-way street to Donald Trump, so that's so this fine. Is... But don't lecture us that this is some sort of transgression of a uh, indescribable magnitude that that Desantis is running for president.
0: So I can say this also. Um, I'm seeing this, and and I and I put this out there. We'll always, you know, if someone uh, listening disagrees with this and they want to have a, we 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 all need to be respectful of each other all the time. I would be curious to hear how this isn't. Um, just based on the logic of, of argument and argumentation, how this isn't a problem. I see people saying it's a primary anything goes to justify whatever Trump says. And I'll see some of the same people say, how dare Ron DeSantis or how dare Kaylee or whomever not be loyal to Trump. Hold on a second. Is it a primary anything goes? Or is it there's loyalty to Trump that has to be a principle that all people keep? I, I, I We need to, it, it can't be both. It can't be, you know, this is a free-for-all. Interesting, isn't it? There's that when, when Trump does something that I can't sit here and tell anybody that what it does anyone want to take the position that what he said was fair or, or, or a reasonable thing to do? Why why do that? Why lash out at Kayleigh McEnany? She didn't even do anything. It'd be one thing if she was like, I'm pro DeSantis and I, okay. I mean, I still think he shouldn't do. She just ran a poll and it was a poll that showed Trump kicking DeSantis's butt. And that's not good enough. That's that's not acceptable.
1: New in television, and I think you can criticize Kaylee McEnany. Certainly, like you can criticize anybody in public sphere. We get ripped all the time for everything under the sun. Not being good at television is not the way that I would choose to go after Kaylee McEnany. I mean, Karine Jean Pierre is the White House press secretary right now, and she can't even answer a basic question. She's incompetent. Kaylee in front of a camera is a pretty good stud. Um. So the idea, oh, I'm going to attack one of the foremost steadma- steadfast defenders of my presidency and say she's not good mm-hmm. enough on television and she's boring, is really a strange attack angle. And and as I've said before,
0: with uh, with the Kelly thing, uh, with what what's happened here uh, to anyone out there, because sometimes I get this. So and so is being more fair on this. They'll say so and so is being more fair to Trump on this. Find me the person who has any significance in the conservative movement. That's like, yeah, you know, what's a really solid call, you know, taking a a cheap shot at your former press secretary over nothing. That's that's what the way this game is played. Show me that person and then we'll have that person come on the show and try to because what you see going on here, there's a lot of cowardice, Clay. People don't want to say anything that's going to get anybody right now upset at them. And I don't want to upset anybody either but we're going to tell the truth. We're going to tell the truth as we see it. And you know, that's out of respect for the audience and out of respect for what our mission is here every day. And all I'm saying is I just want Trump to focus on the things that matter that he wants to do for the country. I want to, I want Trump talking okay, he mentioned how about another tweet on how he's going to I mean I keep saying tweet truth, I can't keep it all. But how about another post on what he's going to do, you know, with uh, with the anchor, you know, anchor baby situation and birthright citizenship. Get into the details a little bit. How about answering the question, why didn't you do it when you were in office for the first four years, right? Use the platform for something that matters to the American people. Taking a sh- taking shots at people who have been nothing but loyal and all on your team, I just I don't
1: get it. I don't understand how anybody thinks that's a good move. Buck, how did this show make national news last week everywhere? By me asking DeSantis whether he would pardon Trump in the event that he became president of the United States. A couple of days before that, I came on the show and I said, as a matter of principle and precedent, I think every Republican candidate running for office should say that they would pardon Donald Trump if they became president of the United States. I don't know how there could be a more Trump statement than that. I am literally saying on the air that I want everyone running for the Republican nomination to pledge that they will not allow Donald Trump to be locked up and they will immediately free him from all federal charges as a precondition to even getting elected.
0: Look, I, I yeah, I mean, I I think that's a um, an important Keeping point. Keeping
1: somebody out of jail is, is maybe the deal. best thing you could do for, for asking but Elizabeth Holmes who just checked in.
0: I come back to this and I just say, this is not 2016. Um, what you got for a lot of the Trump presidency was people saying, Shut up. He knows what he's doing. And and really, there are a lot of folks who won't say this openly, but they'll talk about the 4D chess and they mean it in a snide way, like everyone always justified everything Trump did because it was 4D chess. Well, now we've suffered a bad election in 2018, a bad presidential election really wasn't that bad, actually, outside of the presidency. If you look at what happened in the House, et cetera, But a bad 2020 election um, in that regard and a dis- highly disappointing 2022 election. So we can either discuss what would make things better and what can lead to victory. You know, this is about an economy that lets you pay your bills. This is about the freedoms, the constitutional freedoms we have in this country that we need to protect with everything we have. This is about your family, your kids, your grandkids, what's best for them. And if we're not going to have a discussion about what's true in all of that, then what's really what's really the point? Just going along because we had a great victory in 2016 isn't going to serve us in 2024, and and I I put it out there again, uh, anyone who wants to call in and tell us that uh, you know Clay and I obviously see the Kelly thing very similarly, but and and I've I've told you this that the advisors around Trump are not, uh, they're not politically astute or virtuous just going to say it the advisors around him right now are i think leading him astray i know who they are i know them personally not all of them but some of them and it's a bad scene and we can keep going down this road reverend says don't criticize don't talk i'm not taking a side in terms of who should win the primary i'm not saying that i don't think i'm just saying we're going to call balls and strikes as they come through and isn't that what we should be doing otherwise otherwise i mean i don't just mean us i mean the whole country isn't that why we're having a primary, to see how this all plays out? So for me, it's just disappointing. I want to hear better things. I want to hear more about policy. I want to hear what the president, uh, former president, and possible future President Trump would do to turn things around. I started off the show, Clay, with 18% of the country right now, 18%. And they're probably just the crazy libs who are happy we have a Democrat president, right? It's basically 20% of the country is AOC-style left-wing insane. That's the problem. What's going on in the country and the lunatics. Kaylee is on our team. She's on the team of everybody listening. She's on President Trump's team. Let's keep it real.
1: And remember this. Joe Biden is the weakest potential incumbent president to ever run for, I, I think statistically, to ever run for election in our lives. The focus should all, I think be on him. That's the way to win. And if you
0: disagree 800-282-2882, lines are all open, cleared them out. let us know. I, I would I want if there it, we'll see well I, I wonder this is one time, but I wonder if we will get a single call. I wonder if we will get a single call from across the whole country saying, you know what? I think that that I think that him saying that Kaylee is basically not good at her job and his milk toast was okay. No problem. I'm wondering. I don't know. We'll see. 800-282-2882. Look, if you're a gun owner like I am, you appreciate the ability to get to the range and train to keep your skills sharp. But getting there is not always possible, which is why I want to tell you about the Mantis X. This is a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. It's so easy, it's fun to use, and it's effective. The Mantis X attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. I've got mine here at home. I can do dry fire practice. I do it sometimes just sitting in my office, or I can do it out at the range, just bring it out as part of your kit. You save a ton of money, by the way, on not having to buy all that ammo. Plus, dry fire practice, you really focus in on exactly what you're doing. You don't have to wear ear pro, etc. Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique, guides you through drills and courses to make you a better, more accurate shooter. 94% of people using the Mantis X improve within 20 minutes of using it. I've got it. I've got it so I have it set up with my staccato, with my SIG. Uh, They even have it for long guns, too. So you've got to check out this system and you'll see how excellent it really is. MantisX.com is where you go for this. It's a must have for every gun owner. M A N T I S X.com.
2: Sanity in an insane world. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show.
0: I don't know how many of you had a show that. You, uh, really remember very fondly, uh, growing up in your teenage years. I think it's, I think depending on what generation you are, I don't know. For some of you, it might be, uh, happy days. For Clay, it's probably MASH, you know, cause he was a teenager when MASH was airing. <laughs> and you know, your your insistence
1: by the way based on three years of difference <laughs> i know am the same am i the same age as your my, older brother yeah
0: you're the same age as my older brother well what i think is great though is that people are just like hey you gotta lay off clay like so he's a little bit older
1: <laughs> uh, we were out to dinner the other day people don't realize this and and uh and they were like uh Somehow our ages came up, and they they said, uh, "Buck, we, you look you look really young for your age," <laughs> which implies to me that I look super old for my age too. I gotta tell you, and we're three years apart. Clay and I, Clay and I
0: could have been on the same like high school athletics team. He could have been hazing me. That's a good point in, in a yes, room. you'd have been a freshman but when I was yeah. a senior. Yep, yep. We could have been on the same high school team. But I do I love this joke because occasionally people kind of miss the joke, and they're just like, "Hey, hey, lay off," you know, Clay's. You know,
1: it's like, it's like Clay's, uh, anyway. You I haven't just, been through the war of three kids yet. Yeah. They'll no. age you. They will age yeah. you. Uh, I, I mean, the, the lack of sleep for about 20 straight years or whatever it is, 16 straight years of having kids. Now that like uh, we're
0: all grown up, you know, my mom who had four, she always says she, she, if she could go back, she would have eight. You know, I'm always like, well, is that because you've, is that because the four have all grown up and you're now in grandma mode, you know? So it's.
1: I would, you know, I would keep having them. Uh, we had, Katie who you've met has been with us for almost nine years now and initially she was in charge of taking care of all the kids buck now she's kind of in charge of me and she's having a baby and so I feel like we're having a a, another baby coming into the household and I'm excited about it because I would keep having so I'm encouraging you and Carrie, however many kids you want add one
0: yeah and one day I'll I'll tell stories of I actually had an English nanny growing up and she would walk around and she would just uh she, she would get furious. She'd be like, did you take my keys? Did did I did we take her keys? And she had always had them on a little necklace around her neck, but we could never get her. She always thought I was, ta- I was like five. I'm like, I didn't take your keys, lady, I swear. Anyway, uh, she was very Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, actually, Mrs. Doubtfire. We look at this differently now, the whole Mrs. Doubtfire situation. One of the biggest movies of the 90s, actually. You know that? Oh, it um, would but- be
1: totally unacceptable. Although, I made that argument, and then people said, you know, Medea... Might be the one that protects Mrs. Doubtfire because. Right. Uh, if you cancel uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, Harry. you have
0: to cancel Medea. So, how we got on this, uh, other, other than, <laughs> other than the silly stuff, uh, it was, I remember I grew up, uh, and, and the, the shows that had the most impact on my, on my formative, you know, teenage years would be Beverly Hills 902 and Maybe this explains a lot of my worldview and Saved by the Bell, right? So Beverly Hills 90210 and say both both said in California, which is interesting to me now. What I always say, I grew up thinking California was the promised land that I would move to someday yeah. when I was older. Um But for a lot of people, it was Dawson's Creek, which I watched a little bit of, and this is what got me thinking about this. How many of you remember the show Dawson's Creek, guys it. and girls? For- I I liked it too. Forty five and under, I think would, would you know be probably Dawson's Creek. uh You know from I don't know what the, what the age limit would be. Point being. James Vanderbeek, who played Dawson in Dawson's Creek. I haven't I haven't seen him in public in a very long time. I don't know what the guy's been up to. You know, he hopefully he's doing great, you know, selling insurance out in Scottsdale or something. I have no idea what he's doing. But here he is pointing out that the DNC is just in this all out shutdown mode. He says no debate, no democracy. And that's an interesting point. Play eight cannot.
2: Get over the fact that the Democratic National Committee is saying there will not be a debate to decide the nominee for president. Are you f- kidding me? There's no debate. There's no debate over an 80 year old man who, if he lives, will be the oldest sitting president in the history of the country. And if he doesn't live, has a vice president whose approval rating is worse than his. How do we have a government? How do we have a democracy if we're letting a small little back room of people make all the important decisions for us. That's not a democracy. And it doesn't work. Because y'all have been wrong about a lot these last couple of years in that back room. No debate, no democracy.
0: Dawson's Creek for the win, Clay. Boyden's something out here. Democrats aren't allowed to even talk about the fact that Biden's so old it's preposterous.
1: I talked about this on Fox News, and I never would have believed that this would be the case—that we would be reacting to James Vanderbeek, aka uh, Dawson Leary, aka Varsity Blues, Johnny Moxon, one of the all-time great high school sports movies. High school movies, maybe. Period. He was phenomenal in that as a Texas high school uh, quarterback legend. Um, but Buck, he also said Biden's got dementia. Uh, as a part of this, and it's fascinating to me that that Dawson Leary, uh, James Vanderbeek is more insightful on the DNC process than anyone on MSNBC or CNN has been so far throughout the primary is, season.
0: Isn't basic honesty a fascinating thing when it's yes. been swept away for so long? There's not a single Democrat who could make a case that Joe Biden is not beyond the senior moments that would raise questions about this not a single one yeah and yet they all go along with this it really does feel like um a a mass formation or mass formation psychosis it feels like everybody on the democrat side has to go along with this craziness that they don't believe in and then that brings me to this i gotta look i gotta say another friend you know we talked about kaylee before another friend of the show bill o'reilly right i i remember watching uh you know back back God, back when I was in college and, and afterwards watching Bill at 8 p.m. on Fox for many years, um, talented broadcaster, Uh, you know, and he's been on the show a few times talking about his books. And you will recall he got one thing totally right. He came on and he said, well, Buck is a brilliant guy and a genius, but he's and then he got the thing wrong when he said, but he's totally wrong about Biden being the nominee. Now, Biden has announced. So in my head, I was thinking, look, I don't want to be that guy that says, ha I got this right. But I was thinking to myself, Well, haha, Bill, I got this one right. I want to be clear. Bill, we got him here. Bill is still sticking with the prediction, everybody. And I, I admire the, the gumption. Is that the right word? Is that the, that's a great word. Yes. That's the right one. I admire the gumption here. He still believes at this point, Biden will not be the nominee.
1: Play nine. The problems that we are facing now, particularly with this axis of evil are very, very worrisome. And the open border, as I said, oh boy, it's going to lead to real, real trouble. And he does not have control, Biden, of the federal branch of government, the executive branch. He just doesn't have control of it. He will not run again. I,
0: sticking by my prediction, he will not be the Democratic nominee. Can I, can I, what's, what's your sense of this one?
1: So I I understand the argument of why Biden's not going to be the nominee. Here's the challenge. Maybe we need to get Bill O'Reilly on to work yeah, but wait, through do you, it.
0: But do you do you agree or disagree? Do you think well, he is or I, is not at this point?
1: So if he's not going to be the nominee, they have to force him out by September. And the reason why I say that is if they wait till after September, Kamala Harris is going to be the nominee. And there is a 0% chance that they want Kamala as the nominee. His, the, so the logic behind his opinion is Biden is too weak of an incumbent to be the, the standard bearer for Democrats in 2024. I don't disagree with that. I think Biden is going to be the weakest incumbent president in any of our lives. And I think he should lose. Not that he will, but I think he should lose. The, the problem is the protection on some level for Biden here, Buck, is Kamala would be an even worse candidate. So if they are going to try to force Biden out, they have to open up the primary process and allow an actual race to take place. So I I, I think it's the logical choice, Buck. I really do. I, but I think it has to happen by Labor Day.
0: All right. Well, I'm just, I'm doubling down on Biden's going to be the nominee, everybody. Just to be clear. If I were
1: betting right now, I would go Biden nominee. Remember, like maybe a month ago, I felt like the long knives were coming out when the Washington Post had their story about how awful, and then nothing really came of it. It kind of has faded. If they're going to force him out, and it would be a force out. Yeah. It has to happen by to, Labor Day. To be
0: clear, a, a true a, a true and sudden health issue of some kind. Yeah, that's different. that. I mean, that could still... But that can happen to literally any president. That could happen to anyone yeah. who is running for office. I mean, you know, God forbid, but you never know. But in terms of the political decision-making and calculus, at this point, I think it, I think it has to be. But you know what? We You know what we should do? Why don't we
1: get Bill back on? Have Bill no, on next week? We should have him back it. on. Because it has to happen. You agree with me. If it's going to happen, non-health-related... It would have to happen in the next 90 days or so because they would not want Kamala. If it happens next year, Kamala is the nominee, right? They don't want Kamala as a nominee. So the force out is to get a better choice. Kamala is a worse choice than Biden.
0: Can I tell you something I think some people think is crazy? And light up those lines with this uh, debate we're having here. 800-282-2882. I think Democrats think they have a better chance of getting Kamala elected president than they would Gavin Newsom. I really believe that. I think they think that she would be better. Let's let's we can let that marinate a little bit. I can explain yeah, why a little bit. We come it. back. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to it in 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 a moment. Uh, but you know, the other week I got to host an in-depth interview online with an extraordinary market analyst, uh, with a name that I know well, Mason Sexton. He's also my dad. I'm look look. I'm very proud of his career, including what he's focusing on now, which he calls the Great Disruption of 2023. In the past, on TV, Dad predicted the stock market crash of 1987, the top of the market before the COVID crash. He's had many major calls that have been verified that are in print. What he sees coming now is unlike anything we've ever seen, and you can get in on it now so you know how to prepare and what to do. In this interview, he revealed the exact date, in fact, this July, when he thinks things turn ugly in the markets. We've already, uh, already been seeing the signs of disruption, banks going under, real estate losing its value at a rapid rate, inflation causing sticker shock at the grocery store. My dad, Mason, will tell you why he thinks most analysts are wrong about a coming lost decade in stocks and why what's coming could be much worse in many ways. This is his first major prediction for the public in 30 years. If you missed it, the video is still up. You can watch it. Go check it out. The replay is available now at Disruption2023.com. That's Disruption2023.com.
2: Geek out with the guys on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. A new episode every Sunday. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome. We value the heroes from our military, law enforcement, firefighters, emergency medical professionals, and other government service personnel. So does an American company whose entire mission is built around serving this deserving group. GovX.com. If you've served our country in one of these types of jobs, go to GovX.com and join the community today. It's easy and totally free.
0: GovX members get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands that honor your service. Brands like Oakley, Vortex Optics, Yeti, Under Armour, and many more. You'll also save big on sports tickets, entertainment, and travel. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for everything you need on or off duty.
1: GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. More than 8 million people are already saving every day through GovX.
0: Visit GovX.com and use code BUCK in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve.
1: Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D.
0: Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden.
1: For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel the to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel the to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude.
0: People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Back, we've got our friend Ian Miller with us now. He is a writer for Outkick and author of a new book, Illusion of Control, COVID-19 and the Collapse of Expertise. Ian, welcome back to the show. I'm assuming this is not a lot of Fauci is brilliant and right uh, analysis. Tell us what you get into in this book.
3: <laughs> that's that's a good assumption. Uh, yeah, it, it is kind of going in detail on, on Fauci and the CDC and a lot of other experts about how they kind of mismanaged uh, virtually everything about the COVID pandemic and, and our response to it. Um, and the mistakes they made, and, and more importantly, you know, pointing out how little accountability there was. You know, they they never took any responsibility for the mistakes that they've made. they never acknowledged half of them. Um, in a lot of cases, they're still kind of maintaining that a lot of these policies were actually effective. Um, and so the case of the book is kind of make that this comprehensive overview of why that's wrong, how they got it wrong, and why we need to hold them accountable going forward. So, Ian, when you see arguments
1: being made, that Florida handled COVID poorly. That the rate of death in Florida was bad. This is actually the argument that Trump is now trotting out against Ron DeSantis. You are a data guy. You spent, and you lived in California, so you had to deal with all the craziness of Gavin Newsom. You shared incredible charts over the years. How did Florida do relative to the rest of the country? What sort of benefit, if any, did, say, New York and California gain from shutting down? What does the raw data, intelligently analyzed, tell us?
3: Right, well, and it's the exact opposite conclusion of what kind of the messaging has been. Uh, If you look at age-adjusted COVID mortality, because obviously Florida has a much more elderly population compared to New York and California, Uh, Florida outperformed uh, the rest of the country. They had a much lower age-adjusted COVID death rate than New York, despite New York's lockdowns, uh, had lower excess mortality than California, meaning fewer people than uh, over the expected normal died in Florida than in California, and Florida benefited because they kept their economy open as much as possible and kept kids in schools, which is going to have huge positive effects down the road. You know, California and New York have both been losing huge numbers of people. I mean, New York City lost almost half a million people in just a couple of years. That's a huge That's a huge difference with a lot of them going to Florida because it was open and because they could get their kids in schools. Uh, so, you know, trying to revision history of trying to say Florida didn't perform well is just not backed up by data at all.
0: Ian, is there any sign that you're seeing, and, and as part of the research for the book, did you find um, meaningful mea culpas from major medical institutions from uh, – you know the the science, as it was known for a while, not just from the Fauci's, the CDCs, the NIHs, etc., but uh, you know major hospital systems. Um, the 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 so called consensus about so much of this stuff that was shockingly wrong. I mean, the data, as I've been talking about on this show, the data on, for example, the frenzy to put everybody on ventilators uh, shows they were killing people. By putting them on ventilators. There were a lot of people who would have survived their first bout with COVID who were put on a ventilator far too quickly because there was a panic in the medical community. Is anyone saying we're sorry we're, we got this wrong or does everyone just move past it in the medical field at these big institutions and act like it didn't happen?
3: Definitely the latter. Uh, pretty much everybody is just trying to move on and kind of quietly dismiss everything and, and not really take any responsibility or acknowledge that they were wrong about this stuff. Um, Like you said, ventilators are a huge issue, you know, masking people forever and masking toddlers. You know, And the CDC director came out there not long ago and said, you know, our guidance doesn't really change over time. We're going to continue to recommend masking kids essentially forever based off of community transmission. I think, you know, obviously public health agencies, but in particular, a lot of these hospital systems that were very openly promoting, you know, all the, the vaccine passports and things like that. They just kind of want to move past it because I think everybody could see at at this point or people that have been paying attention that they were wrong. The data shows they were wrong. Everybody got COVID anyway, despite what all these experts were saying to do. Uh, And and so I think they they feel like it would undermine their credibility if they admitted that they got this wrong and that they made mistakes. So instead, they're just kind of trying to move past it. Uh, If anything, there's there's been, I mean, a, a shocking lack of accountability as opposed to kind of taking responsibility for their actions.
1: Ian, uh, now that we look back, we're three years removed. I think you wrote an article at Outkick about the fact that only now is air travel getting back to where it was when we shut down in March of 2020, which is really kind of crazy to think about, the three years. What country did actually handle COVID the best? Is there now that we've got three years of data and we can look and analyze all the different perspectives? We talk about states but is it Sweden? Like if you could point to a European or United States, uh, or, you know, a North American country, is there a country that you think handled COVID really well? And if so, who, and what should we have done in retrospect?
3: Yeah, it has to be Sweden. I mean, they, they did the most to keep their economy moving. They didn't close schools if at all, uh, or for very limited age groups for a very limited amount of time. You know, there were no mask mandates generally for, for the whole country. Uh, Basically, and and what's so frustrating is that they essentially followed all of these pre-COVID pandemic planning documents that all these public health agencies spent years developing. They followed it. Everybody else panicked and threw it out. And, you know, I write a chapter about it in the book, but you can compare Sweden to all these other countries, to European countries. And basically, in every comparison, they come out looking really well, where, you know, they have lower excess mortality rates or they overperform compared to other countries that have similar populations. Uh, and they did it all without disrupting their population as much as as we did in the United States and most most states especially, or places like Australia or New Zealand that went the entire opposite direction. Uh, and if you look, Australia has now had you know huge excess mortality rates where uh, over the last year and a half. So I think there's a there's a clear winner here in Sweden, and it's not that they did anything particularly special. It's just that they actually followed the guidance that everybody had set out before COVID. For some reason, our experts just completely panicked and threw it out, and they stayed strong.
0: The book is Illusion of Control, COVID-19, and the Collapse of Expertise. Ian Miller, thanks for being with us.
3: Well, Thanks for having me. You
0: know, as a writer, Ian is a perfect example of somebody who would really benefit from our sponsor, iDrive. All writers know, Clay knows, I know, the nightmare scenario, losing your work in the event of a computer crash. But anyone that saves anything on a computer, including photos, important documents, etc., should have a backup. And we recommend the best in the business, iDrive.com. Seriously, don't wait on this one. We're big fans of iDrive and longtime listeners of this program are going to remember Rush was a huge fan of iDrive for years. So is PC Magazine, who was awarded iDrive with their, be- who has awarded iDrive with their best in category award for eight years in a row for providing the best cloud based backup solution. It's critical that you back up your computers and mobile devices so that you're protecting all of your important business documents, family photos, and memories. With iDrive, you can back up all of your PCs, Mac servers, and mobile devices into one account for one cost. They make it easy to do, and your data is secure on iDrive servers. Their military-grade encryption provides security for you. (laughs) Only you will be able to access your data with your password. iDrive is the easiest, most secure cloud backup solution. Plans start at less than $7 a month. Get 90% off your first year when you use my name, Buck, as the promo code at checkout. Get started today. iDrive.com. That's iDrive.com.
2: Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Use your CNB 24-7 subscription to get access to the guys. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day.
1: Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX. Savings for those who serve.